Co-Selling Hero, hosted by real estate veteran Tom Didion. Each week, we break down today's ultra-hot home seller's market and give you the tips, tricks, and guidance to navigate the selling process and get the most out of selling your home. Proudly presented by the Tom Didion team. Let's jump in. Greetings and moyen, everybody. Welcome back to the Home Selling Hero podcast. I am your host, Tom Didier with Remax Real Estate. And well, folks, as you can tell, Jeff Hoffman has a lot to say, and it's a lot of good information. So we actually broke it down into two podcasts. And here is part two of Jeff Hoffman. All right, Jeff. So I know you're super involved on the commercial realtors level and probably a lot of industrial sectors as well. What other committees are you on that you can talk about um, that you're a volunteer for? Yeah, so I actually just uh, rolled off. I've served on a couple different um, trade groups that just generally promote uh, the betterment of the Wisconsin business community. I just actually rolled off the uh, board of directors for the Waukesha County Business Alliance, which is a 1,200-member company organization in um, association in Waukesha County. I was actually able to serve as uh, chair of that association throughout COVID, so that was, that was great to be chair during the year of COVID, virtual calls. And no events, <laughs> joking. Uh, but no, we it was it was fascinating though because like a lot of trade associations, just the the sheer panic of that first couple months of all right that they make their money through sponsorships and through events, and they do a lot on the business advocacy side of much like the realtors of hey what what do we need to be doing and focused on legislatively to improve the business climate, but they drive the revenue through events and sponsorships. So it's a uh, you know, it's a sheer, okay, batting down the hatches, and they're very financially strong, but it's like, all right, how are we going to make it through to the other side? And uh, the the member companies stepped up, and I think they went almost a year without an event and, and still made it through, had to do some layoffs like a lot of those trade groups did, but uh, made it through much stronger on the other side. And uh, it was just, a, looking back, it was an incredible opportunity and honor to serve during that time, just because it was truly one of those moments where you're, People are like, how long can we make it? You know, how, how big are the cash reserves? And you don't know when the world's going to open up and everything turned out great. Yeah, it's super important to keep the momentum going. Otherwise, like you said, you're going to be starting over from scratch and, and you don't want to you don't want to do that. Well, I think, too, and it's when you just tie it into the just general business environment. And of course, restaurants got hit very, very hard for an extended period of time. And there's a lot of event venues, stuff like that, that. Ultimately, you could argue they're still not back to where they were pre-COVID, but um, a lot of businesses, just that sheer panic of the first couple months and, you know, the big thing for the realtors was being deemed an essential business uh, when that came down. Everybody was able to keep showing houses, keep doing deals, and and initially, too, you're like, all right, this is going to be a 2007, 2008 redux, value is going to drop 30%, and then just go on a tear, right? The last couple of years has just been unbelievable. Uh, for the real estate business, both residential and commercial. So a lot of different reasons for that. But I I think uh, some of the things, though, that we were talking about on Monday, today's uh, Wednesday, yeah, it was on Monday afternoon. Yeah, we were talking about uh, affordable housing. And in Waukesha County in particular, uh, was at a roundtable conversation yesterday morning hosted by the Business Journal. It's a big topic for everybody. And, uh, you know, I think when you're looking at the cost to deliver a new house right now in Waukesha County, you can't do anything under 450,000 and that's not getting you a lot. And uh, your typical middle-class family in Wisconsin can't afford that. And so 
one of the best ways to build a community is through single-family housing and in that ownership component. And that's just getting more and more difficult through most of these communities. So I think uh, one of the big pushes that, that I would like to see legislatively, and a lot of this, and this isn't even legislative, this is more local control, is I think a lot of the businesses have to get involved here. And the industrial parks have to team together. And if a developer has a dense development that's targeted towards workforce housing, they got to start showing up at plan commission meetings, organized. They got to be working with the aldermen. Uh, they got to be working with the city planning department and say, we need this as a business base because you know, we're paying people 17 to $40 an hour um, as part of our, you know, true middle-class family wages. And, you know, we, we don't have employees that can afford half million dollar homes. We have, and we need those people. And that's, it's really what a lot of Wisconsin is built upon, but unfortunately that's not happening. And I think you, Tom, you've been involved long enough where you know that a lot of these, uh, at these local municipal meetings, all it takes is a, a group of 10, not even 10. I mean, just a, a few people to be organized, to show up at these meetings and to be loud and vocal, and it's very easy to sway public opinion. I just, with uh, the service that I've done with the realtors, I, I go to legislative meetings and, and even at the state level, you'd, like, you'd be surprised. We, getting five calls on an issue uh, is big news. And normally those five calls are somebody that's worked up about something that they don't wanna see happen. And so I think it's, it's really incumbent upon the business community that if we wanna see movement in affordable housing that, that, that can attract the workforce that we need, that they're, they're gonna have to get involved at that grassroots level and, and support some of these developments and proposals. You know, Jeff, I specifically remember you giving a presentation at the Realtors and you talked about the people. You just said, you know, our economy and uh, a thriving uh, real estate uh, industry in Wisconsin is about the people and the numbers of people. We need people here in Wisconsin. Um, I have a pretty good outlook for Wisconsin, and it's been my experience when I talk to my clients that, you know, move out of the area, move out of the Midwest, and then come back. I hear from them a lot that our education is really top-notch here, um, specifically when I've got clients that go south. They come back saying, wow, we, we're really missing the really good school systems we have here. I think we're very fortunate um, to be here in Wisconsin, and I, I think overall the Wisconsin Education Society is pretty Pretty good. What would you uh, what would you say about that in terms of what we offer in terms of quality of education? Absolutely, uh, especially our post secondary. We've got an incredible four year program. We've got excellent uh, technical colleges, and K twelve by and large is very very strong. So our education is is top level. So would you confirm or deny that a quick summary of what has happened in the COVID world? specifically commercial, is that retail and office space has pretty much been in the tank, but your sector, industrial, has overall thrived. Uh, would you say that's true or false? Yeah, and I would, I would uh, walk back retail. Not all retail has been in the tank. Uh, retail is actually, after the first six-month shutdown, um, retail has actually been on a pretty strong surge. The big challenge now that they have, and a lot of I mean, new restaurants were opening, um, you know, Quick Trip is lumped in as a retailer, as an example. Quick Trips is buying up big corners around the state everywhere, opening a new store. They've got an incredible business model. Uh, so not all retail was dead. I mean, definitely there was some stores that were shut down. I think a lot of restaurants took it, but there, a lot of others took it as an opportunity to grow. Um, the office side of it, that that's kind of the big question mark of 
how is it going to come back? When is it going to come back? And has the office fundamentally shifted? The industrial side, though, we've we've seen no signs of let up. And initial surge was because of that e-commerce uh, impact from the Amazon impact and then all the other retailers following suit because we all want to mobile order our, and do e-commerce mobile order and have it delivered to our houses. Uh, but what we've seen over the past six months is the true manufacturing base of Wisconsin really looking at making domestic investments. I think you had a period starting in the late 90s that definitely ran through about 2010 where everybody was looking more uh, offshore for their growth opportunities. They felt like they had a a, a sizable enough footprint uh, to capture the opportunities here in the Americas. So everything was focused externally. Uh, The last three years, uh, going on three years now, and in particular, you know, when we started to come out of COVID in, in the fall of 2020, but I was told by some Chicago people that COVID never really happened in Wisconsin. I was told that yesterday as a brewer game. Have a house to sell, but not sure who to trust when it comes to getting the best deal and leveraging the current market? Trust the experts at the Tom Didier team. With over a quarter century of selling Milwaukee, Tom and his team of real estate experts are here to ensure that you get every penny you deserve out of selling your home. No matter where you live in the dairy state, put one of Wisconsin's top real estate teams to work for you in selling your home and making the most of your real estate investment. Looking to buy a house instead? Tom and his team have you covered here as well, helping you craft and perfect the offer on your dream home. Visit SellingMilwaukee.com to find out how much your home could be worth and connect with the team to make your next real estate transaction a dream. Now, back to the show. Yeah, that's interesting to hear you say that. I did a podcast with Nick Sundorf from Fineline Carpeting, and he specifically talked about the supply chain and the shortage of products. Uh, Specifically, he talked about windows. He said, you know, normal-sized windows used to be a two- or three-week time frame to wait and now they're literally talking about six months of wait time from the time you order the windows which when you look at the whole logistical plan of building a house that's going to cause some serious challenges because there's certain things you can't do until you get the windows in and if you're waiting five or six months for windows um, that's certainly going to cause some challenges as we were going through that and just the challenges that people have getting product and you know this leads into the complications you're seeing in remodeling and, and home building is you, you can't get product right now for anything. Simple materials that we used to say, all right, it's a to go to the store and get it, or it's a two to four week lead time. You're, you're saying it's, it's five months, six months, if you can even get it. Tom, we're doing a remodel on, on our lake house and we're trying to, to incorporate, we're, we're doing siding and a decking. The decking supplier is going on three months without providing us a bid. So what, what that, and then my point in bringing that up is a lot of businesses on the industrial side are looking at that saying, all right, we cannot allow that to happen again. Um, so we want to take better control of the product we make in the supply chain we use. Uh, so we are seeing a definite movement to industrial operations, making commitments, whether it's in Wisconsin or somewhere else in North America, they want to make that expansion here. Uh, we were out with one of our big clients uh, yesterday. They own 500 million square feet across the United States. Uh, Biggest landlord in El Paso, Texas. They said every single tenant in El Paso that they have, 
that is tied into manufacturing is clamoring for any additional space that they potentially have coming up in their portfolio. I said every single one. So there's a lot of there's a lot to this reshoring thing. Um, and again, I think it's just people they're nervous about what's happening overseas geopolitically. And number two. Uh, they just don't want to be caught in a position that they went through in the last two years. And I, and I think there is definitely over the horizon, there's much more risk geopolitically that it, whether it's another pandemic, uh, another war, or you name it, there are certainly a lot more geopolitical risks than there have been in the last two decades. So, Jeff, without violating any NDAs or anything you have, tell me about your best deal, you know, the deal you're most proud of. You've been doing this a long time. I imagine... You probably got a few, but uh, talk to me about what deal you've done that you're most proud of. So Stella and Chewy's is a raw meat diet uh, founded, I believe, in 2005 in Manhattan by their founder, Marie Moody. She was from Muskego, was living in Manhattan, and uh, she, she figured out, it's a long, long story, but she figured out a raw meat diet that she had an adoptee uh, dog, Stella. Um, dog was sick, was not getting better. The vets suggested to... Uh, put the dog to sleep and she didn't want to do that so that she's like she asked the vet what else can I do said well if you don't want to do that feed the dog a raw meat diet so she started that and the dog got healthy got better got healthy uh, vibrant again so she was onto something and uh, so that was the aha moment now the problem is if you're dealing with raw meat there's not a long shelf life correct it spoils very quickly so to commercialize it, there, there was many different iterations of how this commercialized, but she worked with some scientists, was able to get the bacteria out, did a freeze-dry process. So she comes back to Muskego, Wisconsin, where she was raised. It's like, all right, if, if I want to start a manufacturing business, i got to come back to Wisconsin. I can't do this in Manhattan. So I'm working on a 10,000-square-foot listing opportunity, and uh, there was a commissary kitchen, uh, freezer cooler as part of this building. And Marie calls, I pick up the phone, talk to her. She's like, oh, thank you. I, you know, I've tried five different brokers. I can't get anybody to return my call. So I meet her down at the site. She's telling me about her vision. I'm asking questions. And you know, it's, it's kind of like, holy cow. She, at the time, she was probably in her mid-30s. She's coming from Manhattan. It's just a crazy story, right? So I'm asking good questions. But I'm like, she definitely has her act together. She knows exactly what she's doing. And yeah, it's a startup business. So I call the, the, the owner of the building. And uh, explain what's happening. He's like, I'm not, I'm not doing that deal. He's, I'm like, well, why not? He's like, there's, there's no way she's going to make it. I'm like, well, why don't we structure it? If there's no money out of your pocket, if something happens, you know, we, I won't take my commission until she starts paying her rent. Um, but I just trust me. His name is Bill. I'm like, you got to talk to her. She's got her act together. It's a startup business, but she knows what she's doing. Well, we get her in the building, starts ramping up, and uh, she hires a new operations team. She calls me in two years later. Uh, so that was a 10,000-foot building. I move them into a 50,000-foot building, and then they sign a 10-year lease on that, and I get a call like two years in, not even 18 months in, from her new CEO. And when, it, when new CEO rings, it left me a voicemail like, yeah, call me. I'm like, okay, yeah, something happened. They're going to have to sublease this, and it's going south. It's like... Business is taking off. We need to now grow into a 150,000 square foot building. And so this was going to be the, the big move for them to really take a product that had a, a real niche following to, to blow it up mass market. 
So I was able to guide them through a process to have them uh, have delivered a $25 million build-a-suit facility in Oak Creek. Um, they were subsequently recapped by private equity, brought in their own management team, and uh, unfortunately I don't do work with them anymore because of that. But I always tell that because I, I simply respected somebody, asked some questions, and, and didn't have any assumptions or biases about what that person was suggesting, that parlayed into three deals and probably one of the that that deal that build a suit deal um, was probably in addition to the commissions i made it was like an mba in real estate just how we navigated all the challenges and design so that's that's always the one i go to so on this deal you know you assumed some of the risk it sounds like right i mean you you took some risk by potentially giving up your commission but it sounds like you had a lot of faith in this deal and this person specifically to say, hey, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll step aside and I'll ride with you on this. So Jeff, this is exactly what I wanted from you. You've given me some really good insights on the commercial market and I'd like to ask you for your honest 60 second forecast uh, for your industry, specifically commercial, on where your industry is going, but maybe even bigger, like your, give me your world forecast. You know, I'll ask you for your, your planet Earth forecast. Sure. I, you know, the next several months are probably going to be bumpy. Uh, we're we're going to see some continued interest rate increases just to get through this inflationary period. Um, I don't think it's going to subside quickly, but I'll, I'll give you the positive side. The United States demographically lines up as good, if not better, than anybody else around the globe over the next eight to ten years. Uh, we got baby boomers that are going to be moving into retirement. They got a tremendous amount of disposable income. You got the huge millennial generation, bigger than the boomers, that they're getting into the full swing of their careers, the peak of their earning careers, forming families, wanting to buy houses. Um, I, I think with what we've seen here, and perhaps it may turn out to be a blessing in disguise with what COVID did to our supply chains and people bringing stuff back, and whether it's in the United States, Canada, or Mexico, it's gonna be closer to home. Uh, I think that's going to generate a lot of economic opportunity. So I think the next 12 months, it's it's not going to be as r robust economically as it had been over the past in the prior 12 months. But I think once we get through it, I really like the time frame of 2024 to 2028. Um, and then as as our baby boomers uh, start going towards the sunset of their careers, that's going to be a big adjustment for us uh, just because it's 78 million people. Um, and our healthcare system is going to be very stressed at that time. But I'm a big uh, I'm a big believer that this is going to be the decade of North America. Well, Jeff, thank you for your time. Uh, you have been exactly what I thought you would be, very insightful. My sign off on my podcast every week is always the same, and that is always use a local lender. Is that the same thing in your industry? We certainly encourage people to use a local lender makes every transaction easy for us. Is it the same thing on your end? Yeah, it's uh, it's all over the board, Tom, but I I, uh, I go back to business or relationship deal that uh, you can go with the nameless big blender, big whoever, but when you want to have a partner that when something goes wrong that you know that you can get on the line, get in their office, see eye to eye and try to work through it. So I'm a big believer that relationships matter. Well, Jeff, life is about relationships and community. I hope they're both great for you. All right. Well, that being said, Jeff, we're going to sign off. I appreciate your time as always. And for the rest of the listeners out there, remember to always use a local lender. We'll see you guys next time. 
Thanks for listening to Home Selling Hero. For more, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and connect with Tom across LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have a question about selling your home or buying your next one, reach out to Tom at tom at tomdidier.com or call or text him directly at 414-881-3290. Home Selling Hero is a production of Tom Didier Real Estate in partnership with Westport Studios. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and any information presented during the course of discussion is presented as reliable under the laws of the state of Wisconsin. Be sure to consult a local agent in order for any nuances where you may live.